When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Turf Show Times Last Minute Thoughts Podcast. JB, come rain, come shine, no matter what happens on Sunday, this is going to be our last, last minute thoughts before the Rams suit up and play their opponent. How are you feeling? What a way to end the season, good or bad. The expectation was for the Rams to be in this game. And that's really hard to do to live up to those expectations. And they sure have done it. So can't yeah. one more game. Can they make it happen? Yeah. You know, and um, you know, before we get into the outline that you sent me, because we got a lot of good stuff that we want to talk about, but um, you know, if, if the Rams lose on Sunday, let's, let's just give props to Cincinnati, right? Because last week we both or last week, two weeks ago, <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Um, we both picked Kansas city to win that game and of course Cincinnati did and you know JB on paper it might look like the Rams are just going to outmatch Cincinnati and we'll talk about that like I said but you know what I'm just going to put this out in the universe if the Bengals win I'm not going to be mad at it the reason why is because they are a great story I genuinely like Joe Burrow as a quarterback I think he's got an incredible future in the NFL so um you know, no matter what happens on Sunday, obviously, if we don't lift the Lombardi trophy, um, which is a possibility, um, I'm not going to be too upset, not going to be sending expletives off into the Twitterverse. What are your thoughts there? <laughs> That's completely fair. Um, you know, there are favorites in the Super Bowl, but these games really it's just a 50-50 proposition. Uh, it's going to be close. Pretty much all these games are close. So, um, yeah, the Bengals have definitely had some magic of late. And something I found that's pretty interesting is when you look at the polls, you know, most people are rooting for the Bengals. But whenever you word the question is in, who do you expect to win? Usually the Rams come on top of the polls. So it's just we're Americans. We root for underdogs. It's what we do. So I think people are definitely behind the Bengals this time around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, we'll, we'll see on Sunday how it all shakes out. But uh, JB, there was some interesting, interesting I don't want to say news, but rumors, thoughts about Sean McVay and his future with the Rams should they win the Super Bowl. Um, the, the, the rumor is, and we don't know, I don't know what, how much truth there is to it. And I'm sure um, you, you, you probably don't know much more than I do, but the rumor is, for the listeners who may not know, that if the Rams win, that he will leave coaching and go to the broadcast booth, do the television side of things. JB, what do you think? Is that a possibility? Well, it's certainly a possibility just because he's so good at that stuff. Um, his press conferences, you can take away not just football items, but you know, leadership and management and teaching points just in general. So he's an effective communicator probably one of the best head coaches in that regard in the national football league. So it's 0% surprising that, you know, the networks would be interested in having him in that role. Uh, as a Rams fan, I think 
it really hurts. It really, I think, really makes me nervous that we might lose someone like Sean McVay just because, you know, he's 35 years old. Um, you would kind of hope that he'd be in this role for a very long time. Maybe it seems like he's going the path of Dick Vermeil, you know, turning a franchise around. We don't even want to talk about how bad the Rams offense was in the, the pre-Sean McVay days, right? Um, maybe he's a guy that has a lot of interest. He wants to start a family. He wants, you know, less of the time commitments, but uh, definitely something that makes me nervous. And uh, Sean McVay would be a big, big loss for the Rams. What do you think, Rob? He would be huge. Um, you know, my thoughts are this. He's, and you, you touched in on it. He's young. He's only, what, 36. And so he could still coach another five, 10 years in this league and still be a relatively young man, be able to start a family and do those things, jump into the booth. So um, they're interesting right and they are scary as a Rams fan <laughs> to think that you know he brings this this type of success um he just came to the Rams remember in 2017 he's already brought the the the, the team to two Super Bowls so um just that type of success that type of turnaround would, would obviously break our hearts to see him go um but that led me to wonder and I want to get your thoughts on this too where his name falls um, in terms of all-time coaching greats for the Rams Dick Vermeil wasn't really with the Rams for a very long time and he only went to one Super Bowl with the Rams but ended up winning it all he's now in the Hall of Fame but of course he has a longer um, track record in terms of overall coaching within the NFL Sean McVay is a little bit different so where does he fall let's say for example this all turns out to be true let's say for example he wins the Super Bowl hypothetically he retires goes into the broadcast booth which we know he'd be fantastic at where does his name fall in terms of rams coaches all-time greats well probably need to get your thoughts on this just because since i've been alive the rams have not been very good at football for the vast majority of that time so i mean what who's the best rams coach before the dick vermeil days is it john robinson likely there's a couple coaches that are pretty local to los angeles and california right yeah, I would say um, uh, John Robinson, just because, A, I'm a, I'm a big fan of those Jim Everett-led squads. Um, those rosters were loaded, too. And if it weren't for some guy named Montana, um, I really believe they would have been Super Bowl champions as well. But that's water under the bridge, I think. And this is just me, and I am a Rams fan, heart on the sleeve, um, bleeding the blue and gold. Um, I think he would be the Rams' best coach. Because not only does he win a Lombardi, which only one coach has done that in the past, but I mean, bringing them to two in such a short window, turning around this organization, you know, from the uh, eight and eight BS, as uh, Jeff Fisher liked to say, to one of the winningest and one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, he would have to fall within the all-time greats, I would think. You know what would break my heart, though, JB? If, and again, we're going off in the hypotheticals here and we should jump into more serious matters here in a moment, but what would break my heart is to see him leave, go to the booth, pull a John Gruden and come back and lead another team. You know, I'll never root against the man, but uh, that would just be hard to take. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Sean McVay's not perfect. No head coach in the NFL isn't perfect. Even Bill Belichick, right, who's one of the greats of all time. But um, for all of his flaws, maybe the lack of commitment to the running game, maybe some of the clock management going forward on fourth down, you know, those are things where he can certainly improve on over time. And I think he's gotten a lot better since his early days as a Rams coach, but he sure is a hell of a lot better of than what's el- what else is out there in the National Football League. So um, definitely we need to keep him around for as long as possible. 
And, you know, he, his players start families while they're in the, on his team and he can start a family certainly and balance it, but we know how much it consumes him and how much effort he puts in. I think he just needs to surround himself with a good team and hopefully lead this team moving forward for a long time. So, I mean, and again, just throwing it out there, Sean McVay leaves. Maybe Kyle Shanahan comes over from San Francisco. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Be kind of a fun thing to to see happen. But uh, um, he probably one is last enjoying point on this. Yeah, go I'd ahead. like to throw out a name too. How about Andrew Whitworth? Oh, okay, okay. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, I was just thinking about it. You know, he retires at least, maybe offensive coordinator. Possibly. Yeah, who knows? From the sidelines. Same with Eric the sidelines. Oh man. You know, we could do a podcast just on this alone. So maybe there will be more last minute thought podcasts out there in the future. Who knows? But for right now, we need to talk some football because there is one game left. And let's touch in a little bit on that San Francisco 49ers matchup. JB, I didn't get to see the first half of the game. I got to watch the second half. Um, I tuned in right when George Kittle caught the touchdown pass the San Francisco 49ers went up 17 to seven my heart sank JB I thought it was over the Niners looked good all momentum was on their side what happened the Rams came back yeah and you probably didn't see the Jaquiski tart it dropped interception either my heart that's when my heart really started doing some palpitations of course but um you know Matthew Stafford he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter this season really came through in the clutch. The defense stepped up at just the right time. And, you know, something I think that's pretty fascinating between winning this NFC Championship game to get to the 22 Super Bowl, going back to the 2019 Super Bowl, whenever you have Dante Fowler hitting Drew Brees, um, the ball flies up in the air to John Johnson awaiting on the ground. I think it's just if you compare the two plays at the end of the game, you know, Trayvon Howard's interception on Jimmy Garoppolo, um, there's just some interesting parallels there. And I think it's a lot of fun to look at it in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because it does have shades of that um, NFC championship game, right? Because it was just, it was kind of back and forth. No team really had the advantage over the other. And both times, one thing that stuck out about me, the Rams, when they beat the Saints, and then the Rams, again, when they beat the 49ers is the poise. That team never panicked. They didn't look like they were in a rush. They didn't hurry. They weren't reaching for anything. Um, I feel like they... (laughs) I feel like they almost had the 49ers right where they wanted them. <laughs> you know, I got that sense of calm from the team. So, you know, and seeing Stafford operate that offense um, for as much guff and smack talk as people have given him with the course of his career, not being able to win the big games in the big moment, he was clutch. So um, good on Stafford for that. And um, um, interestingly though, um, speaking of clutch, Matt Gay, has been clutch for the Rams most of the season. Um, a little bit off. Not the Matt Gay we have come to know and love over the course of the postseason. JB, is this something we should worry about? You know what? I don't think so. But he has had kicks come up a little short, which we're not used to seeing. He does have a pretty big leg, but his range really is at 55, 56 mark. Um, we've never really seen these short kicks come up. He's been He's a Pro Bowl kicker. I think we should have confidence in him moving forward. He is going against Evan McPherson in the Super Bowl, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL as a rookie. So uh, definitely it's going to be an interesting matchup. And don't be surprised if this comes down to a field goal. And Gayer McPherson is a difference in this one. Yeah, um, I'm I'm right there with you. And, and you know, I, 
I don't know if we should even do predictions. I think it's probably fair that we we both take the Rams in this one. But um, yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, Matt, Matt, Matt Gay has been clutch over the course of the season. Um, kind of battled a little bit of an injury there. We thought maybe during the Tampa Bay game, but um, you know, I don't think there's really anything to worry about as far as that kicking game for the Rams is concerned. Um, now for the Rams. Coming into the season, right? Big trade for Matthew Stafford. Over the course of the season, they, of course, trade for Von Miller. Uh, they pick up OBJ um, during the mid portion of the season as well, right before their three game losing streak. Um, it almost feels like people are rooting against the Rams. They just want to show everybody, hey, you know what? These super teams can't win, right? It almost kind of has that. Uh, snarky type of rooting against the Rams attitude from most of the football world. JB, how much pressure does that put on the Rams going into the Super Bowl? Is that additional pressure that maybe they might be feeling? Maybe, but I don't think it matters. Um, Front runners very rarely ever make it to the Super Bowl. It's just, you have to have a little bit of luck on your side and maybe the Jaquiski tart dropped interception is part of that. You know, there's other moments we can pick out in the playoffs, maybe just, Facing someone like Jimmy Garoppolo with a minute and a half left needing a field goal is a little bit fortunate for you too. And him just turning the ball over. Traven Howard could have dropped that ball. And now we're talking about a fourth and long situation. Maybe they convert it. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do that against the Rams before. So um, the ball has to bounce your way sometimes in order to make it to the Super Bowl. These games are just so close that anything can really make the difference. And the margins are just so slim. But here we are. And, you know, this is an exciting Rams team. I think people just in general like to root for underdogs and the Rams. I just, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but they just have so much star power that are so much better across the board. Uh, people probably just want it to be an interesting game and there's a chance that it might not even be, who knows? Yeah. You know, and I don't think I would be mad at that either JB, if it were a blowout, but uh, we'll get to that here in a moment, but I do want to touch in on something that, that you had mentioned is it's not easy to win, especially in the playoffs, right? Um, A, you're talking about, these are the best players in the world. Just, just from, from the start of preseason to the end of the season, these are the best players doing what they do, regardless of what team you're looking at, right? And then we know that once we get to the playoffs, it's the best of the best. So like, just like you said, the ball just going one way or the other, one good play here, one bad, bad play there can make all the difference in the world. One thing that's interesting, um, I didn't watch the NFL honors, but I did kind of follow what was going on. Aaron Rodgers, one, of course, the, the um, MVP. Don't want to get into that, whether or not he, he deserved it, so on and so forth. Not really my place to say one way or the other. But I think it's interesting because he was presented, I believe, the award by Peyton Manning. Between the two men, only two Super Bowl victories, right? Yet here are some, you know, two of the all-time greats. And if it's that difficult for two of the all-time greats, you know, it just speaks to um, just the way it goes sometimes as far as winning a Super Bowl. It's not easy to do no matter what type of, of star power a team may have. So um, just wanted to, to underscore your point there, saying no matter how good the Rams may appear on paper, just getting there to the Super Bowl is difficult to do. So um, speaking of star power, let's talk a little bit about injuries going into Sunday um, some big names for the Rams, one a little bit more concerning than the other. Tyler Higby and Joe Noboom both have been ruled out. JB, is this something we can be or should be concerned about? 
Yeah, of course. I mean, Tyler Higby's the heart and soul of this team sometimes. You know, you get a lot of value out of him in the blocking. You get a lot of value out of him as a receiver. And he's been great. I remember he missed a couple of games for COVID. I think the Cardinals game was an example of that. And when he came back, you really noticed uh, how big of a boost he is for this team. So Kendall Blanton, we saw play extremely well in the NFC Championship game. (laughs) Pretty much came out of nowhere. Uh, I only know him because he played at Mizzou, and I kind of follow that program a little closer, uh, just being from the area. But uh, we'll see if he can continue the production. Kendall Blanton, I think he's either like 6'6 or 6'8. He's a really big dude. So um, kind of slim, but definitely you you can probably use his sizes uh, to your advantage. And Joe Noteboom, maybe you don't he, he doesn't play as a starter in the five-man fronts, but we've seen the Rams pull him out and bring him on the field for the jumbo packages. I think maybe there's a chance in this game where you'd like to be able to pull that out. Maybe it's not an option with Noteboom out, or maybe Alaric Jackson, A.J. Jackson from Iowa can step into that role. But um, hopefully it doesn't hinder the Rams too much, even though he's not necessarily uh, part of the starting 11 on offense. Yeah, and and you're 100% right. I mean, obviously, um, we have big wit in that role right now. If something were to happen to him, um, we're not hoping that right knock on wood, um, then the note boom injury designation would be a lot harder to take. Um, Tyler Higby is a bigger one, right? Because not just his receiving ability, he's he's he gets open easily, not just because he's a great route runner, but because the other receivers um, get so much attention. But his blocking is a little bit underrated. He does a really good job with that too. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how um, Kendall Blatton steps in. And um, he did a great job against the 49ers. He had a pretty good preseason too. So we know um, he's flashed here and there that he has the ability to do it. It'll be interesting to see how Sean McVay makes up for that because I believe um, Bryson Hopkins is the only other, am I getting that right? The only other You're absolutely right, the- yeah, and but he doesn't really he wow. hasn't really had a role much this uh, this season other than maybe when Higby was out with COVID. Yeah, he had, a, he had like one third down conversion, I think, for a handful of yards, but that's really it. Yeah, just looking at the Rams death chart here, I'm, I had to rub my eyes and see I'm only seeing two tight ends. So that's uh, that's I don't know how big of a deal that is. Um, I'm not going to question Sean McVay. I'm sure he has. Um, a plan in place. If he's not concerned and by golly, I'm not going to be concerned either. Um, a big name coming back for the Rams. In fact, a couple of big names coming back for the Rams. Um, Daryl Henderson will be making his return as well as Sebastian Joseph day SJD. They're coming back. Um, what type of role can we expect them to play JB? Well, one thing I'm very interested in is seeing how Sean McVay utilizes Henderson, if at all, We've heard McVay talk at length about his desire to use these two running back sets and get both Cam Akers and Henderson involved and how that was the plan entering the season before they lost Akers. So maybe that's something you break out for the Super Bowl. It's not on tape, so you can really catch the Bengals off guard maybe by using that. And Henderson, I think he lost some of his explosion this year whenever he was used as an every down back. He's always been intended to be a complimentary piece, um, more of a change of pace back. So I wonder if you see more of his elusiveness, maybe more of his involvement in the passing game. You can send him down the field. He's been a really effective downfield receiver for the Rams, too, on wheel routes or uh, angle routes, too, uh, over the middle of the field. So I think it's really exciting to have Henderson back, especially when you use him in the proper way and not necessarily just running in between the tackles. That's not what he excels at. And you're also also getting Sebastian Joseph Day back, as well as Greg Gaines and A'shaun Robinson 
is playing right now, and even Michael Hoyt uh, and Eric Banks. You might not even need Sebastian Joseph Day, but he's a big boost. He is dealing with a pec injury. That's what he's coming back from. So those are pretty significant injuries, and you just wonder how much he'll, involve, he'll be involved in the plans, but there's we won't know until game time until he's on the field. So he's a good locker room presence too, and uh, I think he's a boost for the team that way too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having just that rotational body to come in, you know he can be effective in that running game, the, the stopping the run game, that is. Um, so even just use as a rotational piece, not necessarily a starter, I think will help the rounds because they can keep those other guys fresh. Um, Daryl Henderson, I think you touched on it too. Um, I agree with you. He isn't an every down back. I think his skill set fits more of that complementary piece. So it'll be interesting to see how much he gets used. When we saw Cam Akers come back, um, I think he only had, what, three or four carries against 49ers in that week 18 game. Um, but that could be just because the Achilles versus the knee um, wasn't really necessarily a tear. I believe it was an MCL sprain, if I remember correctly, for Daryl Henderson. Um, but in any case, um, seeing what type of role, how big of a role would be interesting um, in that offense. Um, the Rams don't really, or rather the Bengals don't need any other headaches, you know, to be added to the mix there when it comes to matching up with that Rams offense on the field. But the Bengals offense, we know that they can score in bunches. They can keep up with the Rams point for point. So if it's going to be a close game, I believe it to be a high scoring one. That being said, they are getting CJ Yuzma. Am I saying that right, JB? He is coming back and that's a big, um, that would have been a big loss for the Bengals. Um, what are your thoughts? Is he going to make a big difference coming off of his knee injury? Well, during the AFC championship game, it really seemed like a pretty significant in- injury. So it is a Super Bowl. Guys are probably pretty willing to play through a lot. Uh, you just have to balance and reflect on your inner self, whether you're able to fully go or if you going out there hobbled is going to limit the effectiveness of your team. So hopefully he's done that analysis. Maybe it's uh, he's suiting up and is going to play on a snap count or a pitch count. Uh, who really knows? But just the fact the Rams have to prepare for him as part of the passing game is a, is something that works in favor of the Bengals. So could be gamesmanship he could be on a pitch count he might play the whole game who really knows and uh the Rams have to be ready for him he's a good pass catcher he's a big guy he he really is and that's um that kind of brings up another thought that I had too we know that Eric Weddle is going to be wearing the green dot for the Rams coming into the Super Bowl so he's gonna be calling the players so this might open things up for Ernest Jones um they may put him on um CJ to to give a little extra coverage there um Ernest Jones has been pretty good in coverage over the course of the season so um it'll be interesting to see how that matches up but what I can say JB when it comes to knee injuries even something that seems relatively um, not in, not serious, like an MCL sprain, uh, that can really limit your explosiveness. Um, even though he may be able to play on it, he may not risk you know further injuring that knee. Um, he may not be the same player that we've seen over the course of the year. So yeah, it will be interesting to see what type of role he plays as well. Um, I can't imagine a single player, if you're able to physically go, um, passing up the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. So we'll see how big of a role he plays. All right, JB, let's start talking about preview, game preview. Um, 
again, like I said earlier, we probably don't need to do predictions. I can confidently say you're probably going to select, um, pick the Rams in this one. I know I'm going with the Rams. Um, but looking here for the matchups on offense, um, it's been kind of said over the course of the week, don't sleep on the Bengals' defense. Um I don't know. Looking at the list of teams that the Rams have played, defense really hasn't given them much of an issue, and they've played some good defenses in San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and then um, Arizona before that. What are your thoughts there? How does this Rams offense match up with the Bengals' defense? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think this Bengals' defense is probably the third or fourth best defense that or worst defense, however you want to look at it that they played this in the playoffs, but um, definitely think the 49ers uh, are up there. The Cardinals are up there with Chandler Jones. So um, there's been a lot of talk about how effective Trey Hendrickson is and Sam Hubbard is pass rushers, but you played Nick Bosa, you played Chandler Jones in the playoffs. Jason Pierre-Paul don't really see him in the same regard as those players, but he's pretty effective. Um, yeah. I think the Rams are ready for this moment. They've been through tests or tougher tests already this season. Uh, maybe one area I think it's going to be important and you're talking about the offensive line versus their defensive line matchup is ability to run the football because you played the Bucks in the 49ers in your last two games and those are incredibly formidable defensive fronts they barely ran the ball um, with much success against the Bucks same thing against the 49ers I think this is a Cam Akers game and I think you're going to see the Rams be very effective running the football uh, there's a talk about DJ Reader being a good run defender for the Bengals but you also played Vita Vea, you played Sue, you played the 49ers defensive line. I think it's a step down in that regard. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I think going through the defenses that they've gone through, it's not going to be much of an issue. And, and that's not taking anything away from the Bengals defense, right? They have a lot of really good players on that side of the football. But I mean, looking over the course of the season, it's kind of been this way regardless. That offense really can't be stopped. I haven't seen a defense really just just put the clamps on that offense yet this year. You could argue maybe the week 10 matchup against San Francisco, but I think um, there were some other factors going on there, but pretty much if the Rams aren't turning the ball over, that offense is kind of scoring at will. So um, I don't see this game being very different. I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. Um, is Matthew Stafford and which Stafford shows up. He's been red hot in the playoffs, so hopefully he continues that streak. Um, looking at the matchup with the Rams defense, um, I don't know, man. Aaron Donald's got to be licking his chops with this. Um, Joe Burrow, one of the most sacked quarterbacks, or the most sacked quarterback over the course of the season. JB, how does this Rams defense match up with Cincinnati's offense? Yeah, and the Bengals have, you know, they faced Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans on that interior defensive line in the divisional round. And then you have Chris Jones, who's, you know, about the same level of player as Simmons in the AFC Championship. But Aaron Donald is on a different planet than those two guys. And if they cause the level of chaos that they did previously, um, Aaron Donald's going to wreck shop and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Especially, how do you double team him whenever you're also dealing with guys like Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines? So, uh, he should get a lot of favorable matchups. And if, if he's getting double, triple teamed, someone else has to take advantage of their one-on-one -on -one situations. So one thing I am looking for on defense is Eric Weddle, as you mentioned, is the green dot guy. He's taking those duties over for Troy Reader this week. And 
John Johnson, I was listening to the PFF podcast that he was in on a, he's getting interviewed by. He called him the Professor X of football. And he said, he said that even though he's going with the Rams a limited time, and really this is his third or fourth game in this defense. So it's been pretty short lived. Uh, just that he's so savvy and that maybe it's going to even help the Rams in that regard, just because he's seen all this stuff. You're not going to surprise him. His play on the field might not be the best, but he's going to get everyone in position to be successful. So, and I think whenever a true reader doesn't have that green dot, you can really substitute your linebackers based on the matchups. So if the Bengals are having success running the football, maybe they're going a little bit heavier personnel. You throw Troy Reader in there, and he's really stout against the run game. You know, if the, if it's towards the end of the game, two-minute situation, uh, you really want Trayvon Howard, Trayvon Howard out there. He's really excelled in pass coverage during the playoffs. And Ernest Jones, a little bit of both. Uh, you mentioned he's really good in pass coverage, which I agree with. It's just that's not who he was in college, and it's kind of surprising. So he's really become a sideline-to-sideline, sideline, uh, interrupt the, you know, the curl flat area of the field and coverage so it's been exciting to watch his development I think he's going to be pretty good for the Rams moving forward but you know coming off injury he was limited against the 49ers we'll see how involved he is in the Super Bowl yeah and um you you hit a lot of nails on the head there JB Uh, this is I think a tougher matchup for um the Rams than we've seen over the course of the season it's really easy to look at at the pressure that Joe Burrow has faced and they need to get after Joe Burrow right they need to um, make him play under pressure because the receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals, I think are probably the best receiving core the Rams have faced all season long. Um, You add Joe Mixon to the bunch. I think he's one of the top three running backs in the league. I really like him um, as a player. And then, of course, we know what Joe Burrow can do. So even though it's really easy to look at this matchup and say, okay, well, you got Ramsey locking down Jamar Chase. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> right? Jamar Chase is really, really good. Um, you got Nick Scott playing out of his mind over the course of these playoffs. And then, of course, um, you know, just the, the Rams defensive line just up and down, all playing really well. But I think this is going to be a tougher matchup. And I think there's going to be a lot more points scored in this game than people think. Um, but, JB. One thing has been on my mind, and I wanted to pick your brain now that we're talking about matchups, offense versus defense. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the course of the past two weeks, specifically this last week. Um, who's the better quarterback in this matchup? There's a lot of people saying Joe Burrow is going to be better or is better than Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Stafford's the savvy vet. We know what he's done over the course of his career. Um, Kind of Hall of Fame-ish. He's almost there, I think, in terms of numbers. JB, is Joe Burrow the quarterback to watch in this matchup? I definitely would have given a different answer to this question at the end of the regular season ahead of the playoffs. I think I would have took Burrow in a heartbeat. But you have to give Matthew Stafford credit. He's taken his game to a new level, and... I think he had a turnover-worthy play percentage, over 4% in the regular season, and that's dropped down to 1.8%. Joe Burrow during the regular season was at about 2.3%, and, you know, he's had some rough moments in the playoffs too. He tried to throw the game away against Kansas City with some turnover-worthy plays. So if we're getting playoff Matthew Stafford, which you kind of have to assume at this point that he's settling into the Rams' offense with Odell Beckham Jr., they're developing chemistry, that this is who he is this time around. I'm taking Matthew Stafford, but I've been a big critic of his over the course of the season, and I think he really deserved that at points during the regular season. 
So uh, what do you think, Rob? It's pretty controversial, don't you think? Um, I don't think it's all that controversial. And, and in fact, JB, I don't even think it's really that close. Um, I pick Matthew Stafford. I think he's the better of the two. Um, if he wins this Lombardi trophy, if, if the Rams win on Sunday and Matthew Stafford lifts the trophy, I think he has a really good case for Ken. I think he really does. Um, Joe Burrow's not there yet. Now, I think he will be. I think Joe Burrow is a Hall of Fame quarterback in the making, but he's only in the second year. So um, need I remind everybody (laughs) of Jared Goff's second year and then his third year. He was playing lights out. Something about the Super Bowl, though, changed him. He wasn't the same guy in that game or even afterwards. Um, Not saying the same thing will happen to Joe Burrow, but when that pressure really gets put on, when the lights from that really big stage, um, just focus on that young man, what's going to happen, right? Um, Stafford has played well under pressure, under scrutiny, I should say. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Stafford in this. I don't think it's even close, but uh, we'll see. We'll see on Sunday. Um, JB, do you want to predict a score here in this one? What are your thoughts there? I'll, we all we're both going to predict the Rams. I assume I'll say Rams win by at least ten points, uh, and the defense really wrecks shop. I, I'm more excited to watch the defense in this game than the offense. Uh, maybe that's my prediction: is that they really get after Joe Burrow, they really uh, force errors on his part, and you know it's going to be a close game. Pretty much all Super Bowls are, but uh, it's going to be the defense that wins this game for him. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of there with you. I, I think the Rams are going to win. Um, obviously I think it's going to be about a 10 point game, maybe 34, 24. I think the, the Bengals will keep it close, but ultimately they, um, you got to play four quarters, man. And then the Rams we, we've, we've seen can get that done just consistently game in and game out. So, um, and I mean, the more opportunity you give Aaron Donald, um, I don't know. I, yeah. 34 24 Rams in this one. That's my prediction here. I don't need to remind everybody that I'm wrong always with my score predictions. So um, we'll see where those chips particularly fall. Uh, JB, who do you have for MVP in this game? I've been riding this all week ever since the mailbag we did. Um, I'm saying Cam Akers, over okay. 150 total yards, rushing, receiving, and at least two touchdowns. He's winning MVP. Okay. Interesting. I, I could see that. Um, I'm going to say AD. I got to go Aaron Donald on this one. I think he, he is hungry. He is ready for this game. He is going to play lights out. He's going to dominate that, uh, that line of scrimmage. And I think he's ultimately going to end up winning the Super Bowl MVP. And I believe, and I, I probably should look this up before the podcast began, but I believe he'll be the first defensive player to win it since Von Miller. So, um, Fact checkers, if I'm wrong on that, I do apologize to all our wonderful listeners out there. Um, JB, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, we didn't really get the chance to fit this in, but I think it's incredibly important. Uh, Watch what the Bengals do on first down when they're on offense. Zach Taylor has been a pretty conservative coach this season, and I think something that's really limited their production is they really like to, on first down, run the ball with Joe Mixon. Kind of, I think their thought process is it takes the pressure off Joe Burrow, puts them in the shorter yardage, second and third down situations. But, um, you know, analytics tells us that teams who pass on first down more often are, you know, they have the higher EPA, they have the higher production. So 
I think in some ways it hurts them as much as it protects Burrow. So if the Rams can stop the run and they still lean into the run game, I think that's definitely an area where you can see the game get out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's going to be tough stopping that run, right? We know that. We know what they were able to do against 49ers. Kind of a different beast there, though. Um, Well, you know, we'll see on Sunday how it all shakes out. Super Bowl 56. I think I got those Roman numerals right, JB. I saw it on Twitter. Somebody was complaining about the Super Bowl using Roman numerals instead of actual numbers. I don't know. I kind of dig it. Whatever. Um, people can say what they want. Before we get out of here, do you have an issue with the Roman numerals, JB? I've been using the Roman numerals. LVI. It looks cool, right? So yeah. that's all that matters. I don't even really know. By now, I haven't used them in so long that don't really know what they mean. I just, you know, you Google it, you find out what they are, and you stylize it. I think that's that, that's the cool thing to do these days. Yeah, I agree. It just looks cool. It just looks cooler than putting 56. So anyway, JB, let's get the heck out of here. I don't know if there's going to be another podcast later down the road um, or not, but um, we may be doing a Twitter spaces. So listeners, if you're interested in our um, post game um, thoughts, you can join turf show times there on Twitter, on Twitter spaces, JB, what are you going to be doing after that game for turf show times? we got some winners and losers. Uh, really. It's going to be a lot of fun breaking down this game, win or lose. We're going to be covering the off season. There's going to be a lot of change with the Rams just because that's who they are. And it's never boring with them. So it's, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun this offseason, a lot of changes, and we're going to be here through it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. As always, my name is Robert Finn. You can find me on Twitter at Robert Finn is me. And for JB Scott, JB, it's here. The Super Bowl. I'm excited. I can't wait for all of your Los Angeles Rams related information um, and tea. As it were, as the kids like to say, you can visit TurfShowTimes.com. Check out some of the great writing going on there. Not to mention my own man here, J.B. Scott, and his thoughts after the game. But let's go ahead and sign off. Super Bowl 56. Go Rams. Let's get it done.